Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Many of us are fascinated with the ins and outs of trading, and would love to know how we could get in on the money. However, it looks a bit difficult and daunting, and some of the services provided to teach you, we don't trust them. We're not trying to get finesse out of our socks. However, have no fear because we have Demo Balling for you. They provide exclusive private subscription services for people interested in trading the Forex markets. That's for those who don't know, that's foreign currencies. You can make a quite a bit of money if you know what you're doing and Demo Balling are the perfect platform to help you with that. So for like stuff like order flow, technical analysis, market analysis micro and macroeconomic fundamentals, live trading sessions, trading psychology. They all sound like Arabic to you, but trust me, it will make sense. So the best place to find out even more information is going to demoballing.com. So that's demo-ballin.com. Also check them out on Twitter, at demoballin, and on Insta, at, dem- at demoballin. And if you do um, contact them, let them know that I sent you so they can make me advertise on them all. So we, it's a win-win for all of us. And now welcome back to episode 23 of the podcast. Shout out to the listeners of previous two. Well, 20 years of my dog, Kumi, discussing a book, Asia, which is out in Amazon, soon to be Waterstones. Check that out. We discuss racism and microaggressions in the workplace, especially with black women. As well as males, we discussed e comes to dating as well, which was discussed in more detail. Number 21 of my boy Meads, we spoke about society and how it kind of conditions men and women and how that impacts dating transactions. And we looked at a couple of studies that kind of proved our thesis on that. But anyway, this is a new week. This one is about the gender pay gap and football, which I believe is a ridiculous argument if you take. 30 seconds of time to actually think about it as a ridiculous argument. But it kind of really stemmed from we first saw um, some journalists talking jazz about Wayne Rooney with um, his salary compared to another young lady's salary. Now we're talking about Neymar, who recently moved for 222 million euros, almost a quarter billy, to Paris Saint Germain, who's getting paid around 700 grand a week. And we're seeing gender, gender pay gap 
comparisons with that, which I just believe are complete non-starter. So I think because I've seen this way too many times, I might as well see if I can shed some light on it. For those who may not know, even though I do things a bit obvious, some people generally may not know. So let's see how quick we could get this through. So the debate is, why do women's footballers get paid absolutely nowhere near men? And there's a lot of calls of gender bias in this, which is, I just think, ludicrous. First things first, if you look at if we look at the UK, we have the WSL, which is the Women's Super League, where that's um, there's two leagues, the there's WSL one, WSL two. People don't know that there's a salary cap in the women's league. So there's a total you can only spend forty percent of your turnover on wages. So if a woman's team is earning a million a year, they can only spend up to four hundred thousand on wages. Right? There is no salary cap in men's football. You can if they like they'll pay they can pay David Beckham. If David Beckham wants to come back and somebody was man enough to pay him two billion pounds a year, that you can do that. There's no there's there's nothing to stop you. Minus maybe FFP if your books ain't right, but that's another discussion. So a lot of people don't know that there's actually a salary cap. That's very important to know. So to actually increase the women's wages, you have to increase the money that these clubs make. Because you can't be making 10 bags a year and be paying all your players 5 million a year like some footballers get paid. You don't have the money to do so. You have to have money to be able to pay people money. You can't just magic money out thin air. It doesn't make sense. So I think the best way to look at it is how these football players, how these football clubs get that guap. How do they make this dough? How do they make this money? Because they are the ones who are paying the salaries of players. Players ain't getting paid from, from, from the sky. Clubs are paying players, just like any business. Let's say you work in Topshop or you work in JP Morgan, your employer will pay your, you'll pay your wage. Okay, there's three main streams of revenue for football clubs. Match day, broadcasting and commercial. I'll look at each one in a little bit of detail. Match day. So that's mainly ticket sales and all the expenditure that happens in a football game. So you're going to buy stuff from the club shop, or your or just your general ticket ticket money. To make more money on match days, you have to have to have more people attend your game. So let's say if you have one man coming to your game, all you're gonna get is the money for that guy's ticket and if he and how much hot dogs or whatever he buys or football t shirts. So common sense tells you the more people that enter your games, the more money you're gonna make on a match day. Now, if you look at the attendance in comparison from the women's game to the men's game in the UK. So the FA Women's Super League attendance was actually up by 5%. And there's been increases. And the women's game is, is getting more popular, but it still has a long way to go. So the attendance was up 5% in 2016. The average attendance, that is, to 1,128. 1,128 is the average attendance for the Premier, for the Premier League in women's football in the UK. If you compare that to League 2... In the men's game, which is fourth tier, so you have the Premier League, you have the Championship, you have League 1, League 2. The average attendance for League 2 games is 4.5k. So consider, so three, so more than 3,000 people on average will watch a fourth tier men's division game compared to the Premier League of women's game. How on earth do you expect them to generate the match day revenue to be able to pay similar wages to the likes of Wayne Rooney, Paul Pogba, Mesut Ozil, these big players in the... In the, in the Premier League. It doesn't make sense. 
if you look at Wayne Rooney, who um, one journalist was moaning about how she, um, people should get paid the same as um, Wayne Rooney, Wayne Rooney has spent the vast majority of his career, so he signed for United in, at age 18, he left at 30, 31, or however old he is now, playing in front of 76,000 people 30 odd times a season. And when he's going away from Old Trafford, the Premier League attendance are like in their 50s, their 40s, their 60s, their 30s, going away from Europe, 50s, 60s, 30s. These are the type of attendances that these clubs are generating. So they're going to make a considerably amount more than the women's game, which will enable them to pay their staff more. Now, if you look at broadcasting, which is our second um, big um, earner for football clubs, Sunderland, who came last in the Premier League last year, made £93 million from Prem, prize money and the TV money in general. So I think they made about a million points, one point seven million from the prize money and the rest was like from the TV money. Sky and the and um, BT paid the Premier League over five billion pounds for the rights to stream live to show live games, and that's only for three seasons. That's not five billion across twenty seasons. That's five billion pounds across three seasons. And obviously, this money gets divvied up between the twenty Premier League clubs. So if you're getting that much money coming into the game, you're able to. Buy more expensive players, and of course, pay your players and pay your staff members a lot more. Now, if you compare it to, um, in fact, before I compare to women's game, you can literally see a men's game almost seven days a week. On you, you have you may have a Monday night football game, Tuesday and Wednesdays you have um, the UEFA Champions League, which is shown on BT Sports. Arsenal are going to be in that. Sorry, <laughs> sorry about that. Thursdays, that's what Arsenal will be Europa League. On Fridays, you may catch a. French league game on BT Sports, but there's I think there's some Prem games on Fridays now. I think Arsenal next Friday will be well the coming well the Friday come in will when you listen to this podcast will be playing the first Premier League game. And on Saturday, Sunday you get Premier League games. So on TV there's almost football on every single day. How often do you see football on women's football on TV? In fact, how many people even know that there's a European Championship for the women's game going on and England actually got to the semi-finals and unfortunately lost 3-0 to Holland? Not that many people. But everybody knows what the Neymar deal. It just shows that like, the coverage on, on TV that the women's game gets. Now, if you look at the World Cup, the women's game, as I said before, is growing. So in the Women's World Cup in 2015 in Canada, at least 750 million people tuned in to watch at least one minute of the games during Canada. 555 million people watch at least three minutes. This is up 33% from 2011. I think the game was in Germany then times. Now, if you compare this to the World Cup, the men's one, 3.8 people, 3.8 billion people watched compared to, compared to 750 million. 3.8 billion people watched. The final alone, 1 billion, pe- 1 billion people watched. So that kind of shows a gap in terms of viewership, which is also going to, which also determines how much money you're going to get from these TV stations to stream, stream and show your games, which is also going to determine how much money you're going to receive, which will determine how much money you can actually pay out your players. And finally... If you look at the commercial side of it, so that's how much money you get in for sponsorships and endorsements. If you look at the World Cup, that's the biggest stage in football. If you compare both World Cups, the men's one was 2014 in Brazil, the women's world was 2015 in Canada, as I just said. The women's game receives about, I think, $17 million in sponsorships and endorsements. The men's game, which was the year before, $520 million. The gap in... And resources is too large. So if one game is making exponentially more than another game, 
it does it simply does not make sense for you to demand that they get paid the same. How are you going to pay a woman's player three hundred grand per week when only one thousand people come to watch your game? Your games are not on TV like that. You're not getting endorsements like that. So where is the money coming from? Even Jamie Corbyn ain't this brazy with the money. Let's be serious. The women's game is a growing game and hopefully it will get more and more popular but you simply cannot make gender arguments that have no foundation. Is there gender pay gap issues in the UK? Of course. Most likely. There's data that shows that shows it. Football is not one of them games. Let's, let's be serious. But yeah. Thank you for listening. I hope you gain a lot of information so if you see one of these crazy people try and make one of these Propaganda remarks, you can shut them down quickly. But yeah, thanks for listening. Then we stack it up. Burning bridges, niggas, I can up. She on my body like I'm tied up. I ain't seen nobody bad as hard. I ain't seen nobody bad as hard. I'ma get this money, I'ma grab it up. I've been stacking, I've been stacking. Just wait till I pattern up. Pattern up. Flip this money, then we stack it up. Burning bridges, niggas, I can up. She on my body like I'm tied up. Sports Social Podcast Network.